Name of one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Atop Mount Tabor, T-A-B-O-R, the place identified since the 4th century as the unnamed high mountain of the Transfiguration, sits a wonderfully ironic piece of architecture. St. Luke intimates that Peter suggested it from within confusion, not knowing what he said. Master, let us make three dwellings, three dwellings, three, three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And Italian Franciscans in 1924 actually did in stone. And it is a gorgeous basilica with a two-sided chapel, one for St. Moses and one for St. Elijah. And though it is with respect to the New Testament account ironic, I mean, implementing what the text implies with a mistaken notion The construction is nevertheless inevitable. What else would an architect do to memorialize an event? You know, people, especially religious people, we're very good at memorializing things, putting things to stone so they'll be just as they were forever. We're very good at setting heroes and events in stone lest we forget. The Bible is full of people doing such things, and perhaps the most famous story of Jacob's ladder, turns out it's not just a movie, is one that we can look at. You know, Jacob, he is on this journey, and he gets tired, so he uses this hefty stone as a pillow of sorts. And that night he has this dream of this ladder, and ascending and descending are this heavenly host of angels. And it's there that the Lord speaks to Jacob. And he promises him many descendants and that God will watch his back whatever he does and wherever he goes. Jacob understandably thinks, that is awesome. God will be there forever and I'll have all these descendants. That's great. I'm going to make a monument. So he takes his stone pillow and he sets it as a pillar And he anoints it with oil, and he renames the place Bethel, which literally means house of God. As an aside, if you're a Superman fan, Superman fan? So everybody from Krypton, Kal-El, Jor-El, anytime you see an L suffix in a name, it means of God. Hence the names of the angels, Micah-El, Raphael, Uriel, Gabriel, and so on. So anyway, good news is Troy's back from vacation next week. (laughs) So it's a high pulpit and it's hard to do week after week. So anyway, humans are good at memorializing things, even if it's things that are almost impossible to memorialize, like the transfiguration. I mean, to me, the fact that the transfiguration is memorialized at all, it seems strange to me. In some ways, the story of the transfiguration is one of the most frightening stories I've ever heard. I mean, biblical stories, 
My most frightening one is Noah. Noah and the flood. I mean, what happens in that story? Everyone, right? Animals, Noah, that's it. And yet, we put that theme in babies' rooms. We put that in nurseries. So perhaps it's really not such a surprise that we're memorializing the transfiguration. But the transfiguration, it's scary. It's scary to me. We see the glory of Jesus, and it's revealed to us in his full divinity. I mean, how scary is that? Are you ready for that? I'm not. Second, we see Moses and Elijah, and they are both there. That has to be scary. They're dead. And third, being transfigured would be a terrible thing to happen to regular people. The first two things to me are self-explanatory, but the third is my personal nightmare. Remember that being transfigured is not the same as the act of being transformed. Being transfigured is that occasion of being revealed for exactly who you are being revealed as the essence of your being. Now, maybe you all are as pure as the Madonna, and if you are, good for you. I am not. I wouldn't want my inmost essence revealed for the world to see. I don't want to look upon my own sins. I don't want to look at my ugliness and my pettiness. I don't want to look at every evil thing that remains in me. And if you know me well enough, you know I'm not going to hike up a mountain and do it in front of all my friends. And thankfully, the transfiguration is not a likely occasion for me or for anyone else in this lifetime. I feel like our scary T word is transformation. Transformation. One of our primary tasks that we have as Christians is to be transformed, to be changed, to not memorialize ourselves into unchanging stone while we're still alive. St. Paul wrote to the Corinthians this. He said, We who contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into the image of Jesus, not like the image of Jesus, into the image of Jesus with ever-increasing glory. That still sounds hard to me. Transformation sounds hard, kind of like the before and after pictures of bodybuilders in a supplement ad. But then Paul goes on to say that such transformation comes from the Lord. The work, then, is not so much in the transformation itself as much as it is in the work of allowing God's Spirit to work on us. To let God, I love this image, to let God chip away at the sin and the ugliness and the pettiness, every single evil that weighs us down, taking those sharp edges and smoothing them down like a master mason. How do we do that? Prayer and fasting never hurt. They're part of our tradition. They're something 
many of us are taught when we are young. Talking to others about God, and that's the tough one, that's the other dirty word, the E word, evangelism. Talking to others about God actually can open our hearts to what God is saying to us and saying through us. Acts of charity, faith in action we might call them, outreach we might call them, giving what is God's back to God. Acts of kindness and mercy and grace, showing Jesus to others in our actions. Believe it or not, just the act of us being here together today as we are, as Christians, in this our mountaintop, that too is a way that we begin to transform. This summer, there has been a lot going on in the life of the cathedral and in the diocese. And I want to say something first about the life of our cathedral. Your staff has been working very hard, very hard at cleaning and sorting and arranging and organizing and scheduling and preparing, a lot of changing. And that's just what the staff is doing. I can tell you, and if you're one of them, you know, our lay leaders are working even harder even harder to prepare the way of the Lord, to prepare the way of those who God is seeking, those people who God is calling out to, those who do not yet have a place to enter into relationship with Jesus. Everyone is working hard to prepare a mountaintop where everyone who wants to see Jesus in his glory can do so. And you know, you might be one of those people who says, you know, I hate change, I don't change, nothing changes in my life. But we, we all change. We all, we all change things on a regular basis, don't we? We change our clothes, right? We change our clothes when we go from task to task, when we go from work to play. We change our oil, we change our tires, or at least we should. We change them because they, they've gotten worn out and it's time to get new ones. Some of us change our address. The commute has just gotten too long or the baby has gotten too big. And as it turns out, that extra bathroom and extra bedroom really do make a difference. Live long enough, my mom will tell you, maybe some of you will, they'll change every filling in your head because the technology is changing and they're getting worn out. Some changes go unnoticed for a variety of reasons. I can tell you right now, if just all of a sudden I changed into green vestments, you liturgical nerds would go, not appropriate for the Feast of the Transfiguration. But you'd still recognize me, right? I would have just changed my clothing. I wouldn't have been transformed or, God forbid, transfigured. But you'd recognize me, and that's the way it is with most change. We see a little bit of something here or there, but we really don't know what it was. And I want to say something about our diocesan transition committee. If you're not church, those might be some words that you're not familiar with. Our diocesan, our diocese, our group, which is Arizona, transition, a time period between, right, and a committee. So we have this group that is seeing us through 
the consecration of our new bishop, and the celebration of the ministry of Kirk and Laura Smith, our bishop current and his spouse. There's a lot of change taking place in that group, and there is a lot of transformation taking place. That said, everything that's taking place is being built upon the foundation that is. And I would say that about the diocese as well as the cathedral. These groups of folks, these disciples of Jesus, are building upon a foundation of holiness that is as hard as the rock that becomes Peter and the life and beginning of the church. And it is grueling work, and it is fulfilling work, and it's challenging work, and it's a blessing. But sometimes to see Jesus, it just isn't easy. Seeing God, feeling the Spirit, And let me assure you that if change creates anxiety in you, you are not alone. Change can be frightening. Change can create anxiety that is overwhelming, especially if you're trying to figure out, are we just changing to change or is there something behind this? And good change, bad change, the body seems not to tell the difference. Change forces us to adjust to something new. It disrupts our routine. If you do a lot of gardening, you know sometimes you've got to cut some things, trim some things for them to grow and flourish differently. And it's not surprising that so many of us experience significant anxiety when it seems the ground may be shifting beneath us. And even if it is, let us continue to do the work that God has given us to do. Let us continue to use and seek our spiritual gifts to welcome, to welcome others into this place, this holy home, this mission outpost for the gospel. And let us, like Peter, want to stay on the mountaintop forever with our friends. Let us want to come and say, but this is good. And let us know that Jesus calls us instead to the trenches with the poor and the hungry and the naked and the lonely and the despised and the oppressed. Let us seek to see Jesus in his glory, that we may know and see intimately into that which we are being transformed. And who knows, if we keep all that up, Perhaps one day, transfiguration won't be so bad.